Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 227 of the Co-op Podcast. Uh, Jack A is not here today, but instead I do have Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How are you doing, Gary? I'm doing good, thanks. Um, evidently, that's a joke that I don't understand, you know, being from the UK, but yeah, um, sounds funny, though. <laughs> You'll understand it later. It's, it's all good. Uh, we're also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? I understood that reference. Yay. <laughs> it's yes. going great. That's good. That's good. And of course, you know, yes, I'm your host, Richard Bailey Jr. Uh, we will not be joined by Mr. Lugo today because he is at an anime convention that he'll talk about next week. And Mr. Max Muller is also busy doing something else. So uh, we hope they're doing well and look for them next week. Uh, so a lot of things went down in the gaming world this week. Uh, so we have a, quite a bit of topics to get into, as well as what we have been playing. But before I get to any of that, I just want to take the time to wish all the veterans out there a happy Veterans Day. I know that that was yesterday, but we didn't have a show yesterday. But uh, definitely wanted to say that because I think it was important to say that so that they appreciate and know that we appreciate all that they've done for us here in the U.S. So I wanted to make sure I said that first and foremost. Um, so. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about what we have been playing, because uh, I know some of us have been playing quite quite a bit. So, uh, Dana, how about you start us off and let us know what you've been playing? Okay, I'll give you the good and the bad. Um, I've been playing still Mario. I've beaten the game already, but it's just so wonderful. It's one of those games where you just want to take your time again and just explore, and you get to see different things that you haven't seen before. So that's the good thing. That's one of the best games that I have. I have played. Um, I will now give you the bad, which is a uh, Sonic Forces. I have was able to to play a little glimpse of it, and what I have seen and what I have played, it it's so bad. I mean, it's it's just bad. It looks beautiful. It really does, but the gameplay itself is just awful. The the way how you maneuver around is just terrible. The whole concept is just it's the complete opposite from Sonic Mania. So. My my week has not been that great. Well, I would like to give my condolences to you, but I will say at least you hopefully did not play Bubsy because I heard that that is by far one of the worst games of the year. You know so. what's funny? I did, but I completely forgot that out of my memory. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That goes down, hands down, one of the worst games of the year, right next to Lucky Tales. So, <laughs> yeah. well, that's what hey. I've been doing. Well, hey, 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 hey you got to watch yourself there. You don't want to make no uh, Xbox One X owners mad because, you know, they like Super Lucky's Tale, apparently. Look, more power to you. But for me, you know, it's like, a, I won't even say it's like a third grader. A third grader would give you the side eye when playing this and walk away. It's just, it's so bad. None of the mechanics work. It's just, you have like, say you, you're, you're trying to jump over things and then you're trying to jump, but the camera doesn't work properly. So you end up jumping into a whole different section. It is the worst thing of this year. So Bugsby, Super Lucky's Tale, I don't know what you guys were thinking. You know, more power to anybody who likes this. There are, you know, plenty of people in the world who like and dislike different things. I will question your life choices if you do like this game. But yeah, it's just it's so bad. So right now, just stick to Mario. Find a way to play Mario. Get Nintendo Switch. Whatever it is you have to do, Mario. Do not just just don't. Those three games awful. 
I agree. And uh, if you do want to see our review of Bubsy that Mr. Lugo did, I mean, that, that will also t tell you right there and just show you just how bad this game truly is. But, uh, hey, yes, more power to the people that love those games, as you said. Um, so, Gary, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Yep, so um, pretty obvious. Uh, of course, I've been playing Overwatch, and I have to shout out our um, you know, coalition writer, Tatiana, because we actually got to play quite a few games of Overwatch this week. Um, and she was actually there when I hit... Now, some of you might be surprised when you hear this, but I actually hit level 600 on Overwatch um, a few days ago, and Tatiana from the coalition was there to witness it. Um, that's a big deal because, um, you know, you actually get like a silver um, portrait, like a, a, a silver border on your portrait to um, commend the fact that you, you've you been playing for so long. Um, and you have to actually put like tons of hours into the game to reach, you know, level 600 and beyond. So, yeah, that's a big deal. Um, and that shows, you know, I am an Overwatch veteran. Uh, it's it's almost it's approaching like two years now almost since you know I started playing that game. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Um, and also I've been playing Destiny Two. Um, I've been playing my uh my warlock character mainly. Um, I did I did a lot of Crucible this week, and I'm trying to you know, uh, this next week I'm just gonna focus on trying to beat the campaign because. I really want to get Destiny 2 out of the way so that I can get to Assassin's Creed Origins and other games that are currently out. But um, that's pretty much it from me this week. Oh, oh, I do want to shout out another thing. Um, Zinger actually released Words with Friends 2, and um, I've, I've actually been playing that the past few weeks, so I was quite surprised when they announced that there was a second game out. So yeah, I got I got that straight away. And yeah, I've been um, enjoying that. The only thing is not as many people play it as they used to. And sometimes you can be playing games with people and they just, you know, obviously people get busy and stuff. So like, you know, a lot of games just get left lingering. So I usually have to end up playing a lot of random people. You know, I don't actually play with friends and stuff. But yeah, um, I like the updated graphics. I like the mo the new mode that they added where you can... um you can play multiple people like it's like a team battle kind of thing um i like that so yeah um shouts to zinger i'm not sure if don matrick is still there but yeah shouts to zinger for that game i don't think he is there anymore uh maybe he finally was let go uh and you know he but he did receive his, his paycheck before he walked so uh yeah he's doing good i i assume but um yeah, it's good. It's good to hear. A lot, lot more games to play. Ho hopefully, you were able to make it to the other games because I, I don't really think that's going to happen since Overwatch is still in your rotation. Um, we'll see what happens, though. <laughs> All right. So, as for what I've been playing, uh, really, there are two really main. Well, there's three things that I've been playing. First and foremost, I did get a chance to try out the Xbox One X. Um, you know, I have a friend that has a system, also got a chance to play it at a, a local Best Buy in my area. And, you know, I will just say this right now. You know, the system, pretty much everything that Microsoft has said about this system being more powerful, it for the most part, it is definitely an upgrade over the Xbox One. Um, definitely feels as though it is great, but again, it depends on the type of game. You know, now, I reviewed Forza Motorsport 7 
you know, a few months ago. Um, Forza, Forza was a great game. Um, obviously, when I played it on the Xbox One X, you know, it's the graphics is just a little bit higher tier of the graphics. Um, and it performed a lot better. It felt, it felt like it performed a lot better. And for the most part, that game looked fantastic on the system. Now, there are certain games, depending on what they are, you know, there may be a patch release for them that will, you know, uh, you know, add additional HDR support or 4K support. Um, I didn't really get to try a lot of games. I tried that. I did play Super Lucky's Tale, so I already know what Dana's talking about, about that game being bad. Um, I wasn't a fan of that. Um, but obviously, you know, I have to... I, I did play the system long enough to know I definitely want to upgrade to it. Um, hopefully in the future, I'll be able to tell you more about the system as I will own it also. But again, I'm not in, real, in, in a rush to get it because as I've said before in the past, you know, I don't really feel that there's really any game that I need to play on that system right now. Um, I know that there are some games that they've had updates that they perform where they have a higher resolution. Like, for example, we know we found out the Evil Within 2 and Wolfenstein have a higher resolution on the Xbox One X compared to PlayStation 4 Pro. And that, that's good and everything, but it, for me, I don't have a 4K TV, so I don't think I would see that a difference anyway with the TV that I do have. Uh, so, I mean, I definitely am going to pick up a system in the future. I just don't see the need to get it at this particular moment in time, but I will get it eventually. Um, and then, of course, the software, you know, they got to have more games that actually I want that I actually want to play. And the third party stuff is, is cool and all that. But I'm talking about the first party stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit later because I know Phil Spencer said some stuff about that also this week. But, yeah, I did get to play the Xbox One X. Uh, good, great console for those that uh, they want to get an Xbox and they don't have an Xbox One or Xbox One S. You definitely should go with this system. But only if you have a 4K TV. You know, I, I like I said, you want to get the most out of the system itself. You need to have the 4K TV. You know, Microsoft, they have said a little bit about certain TVs that you can pick up. I don't, I didn't really see them release a detailed list. And, and Sony didn't do the same either for the PlayStation 4 Pro. So that's a bit uh, disappointing. But with that said, uh, it's a great system for those that are interested. But make sure you have a 4K TV so you can get the most out of it. That's all I would say for now. So aside from that, I played uh, and finished Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale game. We're going to talk about Telltale later also because there was some news that happened with Telltale this week that's very unfortunate. But in terms of the game itself, I would have to say that the Guardians game is okay. The final episode was, I mean, they tied up some loose ends that they needed to tie up. But the way the episode ends, it's very clear that there's going to be another season, although I don't really know when that season is going to happen uh, because of the reduction in staff that they had over at Telltale this week. Um, but for what it's worth, uh, would I tell someone to pick up this season of the game, like pick, pick up the game for $20? I would say, yeah, maybe. You know, if you're, if you're, obviously if you're a Marvel fan and a Guardians fan, you'll find certain things to like about this game. But in terms of it being technically a telltale game itself, I still think that it, it has a lot of flaws. Uh, you know, the soundtrack is the best thing about the game. You know, the, the, that's very easy for them to capture that soundtrack because it's the same exact music you've already seen in the movies, so on and so forth. So they got that down. But when it comes to a certain aspects of the gameplay, you know, they still do have buggy stuff as well. Some of that stuff needs a lot of work. 
Um, and they do tend to recycle a lot of concepts. As I mentioned on a previous episode of the co-op, when playing the second episode of, of the Batman, uh, you know, season, um, a lot of things that happened in that episode relating to the character and things you have to do as Bruce Wayne, it very much is reminiscent of what you're doing in this particular game because you have to basically make sure everybody is happy on your team, you know. So a lot of that stuff is repeated. I could see why they made reductions because they want to focus on making lesser games but, but better quality games. I understand that totally. I still think it sucks that people lost their jobs, though. But um, as I said, we'll get into that a little bit more later. But as for to make a recommendation on this game, I would tell people if you can get it a little bit cheaper, I don't think I will recommend you paying the full price for the whole season. There's going to probably be a lot of sales on this as we get closer to the holiday season, Black Friday and then Cyber Monday. So maybe we may want to pick it up then. But I have to say it's it's good. It's not amazing. You know, I want to make that very clear. In my opinion, the Telltale game, that is the best game that, that I'm going to say the uh, Tales from the Borderlands, that's the best Telltale game that they made, in my personal opinion, from a storytelling standpoint, from gameplay, all of that. This game is okay. Um, but it has a lot of issues in it. You'll you'll see a lot of the issues as you play it. But still, it's it's still a fun game, for what it is. So, um, I was ahead. gonna I was gonna ask quickly, like in Guardians, are the uh, the are the villains in that game ones that we've seen in the movies and stuff, or are they like new people? Good question. Yeah, one of the villains is is, is is one of the villains in the game is a villain that you're gonna see very soon. You've seen the character teased. He's made appearances, but you're going to see him in the Avengers movie next year. That's Thanos. Uh, he is in this particular game. The other character is not a character that, I, that has been in any of the movies, though. Um, and that was a bit interesting. One thing I did want to say about the season, which I really do appreciate, is that the way, you know, as the Telltale episodes, you know, it's five episodes. So the way that they did it, each episode has a backstory on one of the actual Guardians. So it kind of like expands on what potentially happened to that character before they join the team. That right there is an excellent way to do the, to do the game. That's one of the reasons why I say it's a good game because you get to see them play around with certain things. Now, not to say if any of this stuff is actually true because it's their own adaptation of the characters, but it's a great way to handle that particular team in this particular thing. But yeah, to answer your question, Thanos is in it. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers about Thanos. The other villain that's in it is a, a very interesting villain, but the way that they handle that that villain towards the end is a little disappointing. Um, that's unfortunate. But again, uh, they very much make it very clear that there will be a season two after the credits have rolled. They do have a after credit scene, like you've seen in Marvel films before. But um Again, I don't want to get into too many spoilers. We'll probably talk about that in more detail once we've all had a chance to play it. But I think it's still a good game. Uh, but if you was to ask me what is the best game that Telltale has made to date, it hands down, it is Borderlands for many, many reasons. But uh, yeah, it's still a good game, still worth playing. But um, I still would say maybe you want to wait until it's a little bit cheaper because there's too many games out right now. I don't know anybody that will want to spend the money for that when they're too busy buying up all these other games. So, so something to consider. Um, and last thing that I want to mention, 
I completed Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, last night. Very, very late last night. Um, the game is fantastic. You know, uh, as Max said in his review, it does feel as though that there's some pacing issues as you get towards the second half and in towards the end. And I agree 100% with that. A lot of stuff felt like it was a little bit rushed storyline-wise. Um, well, with that said, though, I mean... It definitely, as Max also said, there's a lot of a huge shock factor in the game. Certain things that happen in the game, it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. It's just crazy. But you can tell that all throughout all of this machine games, they really enjoyed making this game. Um, it is going to be one of the most talked about games of this year. You know, it's not the only one. There's too many other games that are going to be in that discussion. Uh, will it actually win some Game of the Year awards? I don't know about that. I mean, it may be in the discussion of when we do our list for the top 10 best games of the year, that game might make that list. But in terms of it being like a game of the year contender, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know about that because there's too many other games that are more important than that game. And they've been a much more critical success. With that said though, it's a great game on its own. Um, if I was to compare that to the first game, I, I could definitely, I, like I said before in the show multiple times, I like the fact that they tried to explore more of how the Nazis impacted America and everything that you think you know about American culture, they really nailed that in this game. They was not afraid to talk about stuff having to do with racism in the game also, which I found very interesting. So a lot of the commentary and all the stuff that will be spoken about this game afterwards, I'll be very curious to see uh, what people say about it after they've had a chance to play it. But it's, it, it was a great game. You know, it, it's, it's a game that I can say I definitely was satisfied with. I, I don't really know where they're going to take the series next. I have a couple of ideas as to where they could go next based on how it ends. But uh, great game. If you enjoyed the first one, you definitely should check it out. And I also should mention that if you do happen, if you did happen to see any of the Black Friday ads that went out, this game is actually going to be $25 on Black Friday at Best Buy. It's also going to be around 30. I think at a couple other places like GameStop, so on and so forth. Uh, we'll have a list of all of the sales closer to the time that that stuff is actually happening. But the game is definitely worth paying $25 for it, hands down. I, I'd say that 100%. But great game. Uh, if you enjoyed the first game, you'll enjoy the sequel. So definitely check it out. That would be my, my, my recommendation. Definitely check it out. But um, that pretty much concludes what we have been playing for this week. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into the topics because, uh, as I said, there's a lot of activities this week to get into. Um, first and foremost, let me see. Let's address the telltale thing because uh, I happen to know a few individuals that we've known, that we've worked with for quite a while over at Telltale that um, are now out of, out of the job. You know, I wish them well. I'm pretty sure that they're going to land on their feet. But obviously, the news I'm talking about for those that didn't follow, uh, this week, Telltale decided to cut 20%, 25% of their staff, which equates to about 90 people. Um, and the reason why they did this is because they said they wanted to focus on making uh, lesser games, but of a higher quality. But honestly, they just felt like, you know, a lot of money has been spent over the course of time. I don't really know if every game that they've made has been a success. The Walking Dead is maybe the one, that's the one game that, that turned things around for them significantly. But they've had other games they've made, where they, and they've also said, you know, Borderlands is one of those games where it was a great game, but it didn't sell well. So that was why 
they don't really know if it's going to be another one. Um, but I just wanted to get you guys' initial thoughts on the layoffs because, um, as I mentioned, it, it does impact some people we know. I know a guy over there that handled PR. Every time I went to E3, I, I would be talking to him directly, working with him directly. Now he's not there anymore. So it's unfortunate with the layoffs. But uh, I just want to know, do you guys have any thoughts on the layoffs? And uh, do you think that this is going to impact of the, uh, any of the games that they currently are working on now? being Batman, um, and I think they're working on Minecraft now. They have other projects today. Oh, yeah, Wolf 2 is coming out next year, The Walking Dead Season 3. So do you think it's going to impact any of that stuff? But, uh, Dana, how about you go first? Well, it's a very unfortunate and terrible situation all around, but um, hopefully that this does mean that they'll end up focusing more on the games that are actually successful. But... You know, it's really hard. I don't know how overall that would impact the other games. I just hope that they are more focused and, you know, everyone comes together and creates something that's actually good and can sell. And it's unfortunate, you know, overall that, you know, the sales are dictating people's jobs, even whether or not the games are good itself. But that's just how the industry is. So I wish everyone well. And I don't really think that it's going to fully impact, you know, other games. I just hope that they create, you know, better games. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, it is unfortunate. We already know the video game industry is one industry where the job security is, is always an issue. Uh, so very unfortunate. I do hope that they make better games as a result of this, but I, I personally think it is going to impact, even though they, they have already said it's not going to impact any of the stuff that they've already announced to any of these other games they're working on. I think it is going to impact that because a lot of these people are still working on the same teams on these other titles. So I Wolf, you know, 2018 is when it's supposed to start. Same with Walking Dead. We'll see if that still happens. I think it could be pushed out a little further into 2018 and then, you know, continue in 2019 or something like that, but we'll see what happens. But uh, Gary, do you have any thoughts on this topic? Um, it's, yeah, first of all, you know, it's, it's always very unfortunate when we hear news like this, people getting, you know, laid off from their job and everything. So, yeah, um, I'm sorry to hear that, you know, that people lost their jobs and stuff like that. Um, as for Telltale, like they're you know they're still an indie studio and they have a lot of very big licenses you know and properties to to work with. So I'm quite surprised that they haven't been bought out already by you know a larger company because um, you know maybe perhaps if they get bought out by the right company, they won't have these issues where they have to you know have layoffs for poor performing games, you know, games that didn't sell as expected and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure, you know, well, I, I thought that Telltale was doing good financially because their business model seemed to be really good. Like, um, it, it didn't, like, their games aren't big budget games, you know? Like, so I, I thought that their business model was solid and that they were able to make profit. But, you know, if they're having layoffs and stuff like that, then um, I guess there's some sort of deep rooted problem going on internally in Telltale. So um, they would definitely benefit from a buyout 
or you know i guess partnering up with another uh, a bigger publisher or something like that maybe but uh, i guess it all depends on what they see as their their main focus and their their main end goal um what you know maybe they want to remain independent and be able to control everything but yeah um it's not it's not good that people are losing their jobs because of reasons like that because then you know uh, a few years ago you know i i remember saying that telltale is like the new the new juice in the industry like they were the they were the new thing that that i was excited about you know like and this was after the walking dead and uh wolf among us and everything like that like after it was around that time and i was thinking like these guys have they have something here like and this is going to be big in the future you know um but now you know it's i i guess it's when you practice the same formula over and over again eventually it kind of gets a bit stale and people start to pay attention less and it got to a point where they kept announcing new ips that they were taking on and you know new games that were coming out and stuff like that so when you have all these different major ips on the go at the same time and episodes are coming out back to back to back and this is at a time when there's a lot of other games out as well i guess gamers just get overwhelmed and they don't have time to play everything so um, i guess that kind of hurts them a little bit you know um, especially being independent so i hope that they can work this out and figure out something going forward to where um, people's jobs can be a bit more secure and you know people can work long term you know within telltale games but yeah that's pretty much my thoughts I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, again, you know, I go back to uh, what they initially said about, you know, Tales from the Borderlands, the fact that that game didn't sell. And I was surprised because I thought Borderlands was a popular franchise. You know, again, we talk about the fact that to get a season of the game, is, it's only about $25, maybe sometimes $20, depending on if there's a sale. But you would think with it being that cheap, um people would be interested enough to try it out but i guess there's certain things you just really can't really understand or really talk about you know i know that they did make they did they did emphasize that they're going to focus more on the stuff that has been profitable so we do know that batman was successful because this is why we have a second season um i did see uh miguel and black star in the chat uh, they asked about this, this this season you know the Batman season two is is all right so far. The first episode is is by far the best episode that I've played. Second episode is a little disappointing. Um, there's a lot of things they try to do in that episode. I, I don't want to give any spoilers. We'll we'll talk about that at another time. But uh, yeah, obviously, um, it's unfortunate to hear about the layoffs. We'll have to see how it impacts everything else moving forward. Um, I don't know if uh, Wolf Among Us was successful. I know a lot of people have kept asking for a second season to that, and that's why they're doing a second season. I mean, I don't, I, I don't really know what the sales were like for that. I, I would have to hope that it was good, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, I think they'll be a little bit more cautious in certain projects that they do do, like the Minecraft one. Uh, you know, I think that is a success because you know Microsoft is involved with Minecraft also. A lot of people like that game. I personally don't like Minecraft at all, so I don't really know. I'm not their target audience. That's fine. But a lot of people, a lot of people like Minecraft, so um, they had some success with that. That's great. 
We'll have to see though, as far as what the future holds for them, what they're working on. As I said in the chat, uh, you know, I'm all good for them working on other stuff. I just do not hope that EA decides to try and buy them out because uh, as we will get into that later, uh, I do not have a good feeling about what they're gonna do with that whole respawn stuff. But uh, we'll see what happens with Telltale. As I said, for the people that I do know there, I wish them well. I know that they are very talented individuals. They will find another opportunity and possibly an even better opportunity than Telltale. Uh, so I just wanted to make sure that we didn't mention that because that was that uh, that's pretty, pretty heavy stuff, especially around the holidays. With the holidays coming up, to lose a job at that time of the year, this, this is not this is not really a good situation. Um, so definitely wanted to mention that. Uh, any final thoughts on this topic before we move on to our next? No, you pretty much wrapped it up nicely. Awesome. Okay, uh, this is going to be a, a little quick news topic because there may not be much that uh, you guys have to say on this. Well, maybe Dana. Um, we found out on Friday night that, uh, you know, if you were watching the Injustice 2 uh, finals that took place here in Atlanta, Georgia, by the way, um, you may have noticed at the end of the tournament, we saw a trailer for the Fighter Pack 3 DLC that's coming for Injustice 2. It's going to feature the Atom Enchantress. Yeah, I've got to be careful how I pronounce that. And of course, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, now, I will say this right now, the Ninja Turtles announcement, man, I saw the reaction to that because my friend sent me a video of that. Shout out to Ricky. Sent me a video reaction of Ed Boon when he had the footage of that. And the fans just went crazy when they saw the Ninja Turtles are like, wow. It's like the audience jumping around. It's, it, it was fun to see that. But I have to say that was exciting to see for me as well. I just wanted to get you guys' initial thoughts on them appearing in the actual game. And one little quick thing I will say, um, they did mention, well, Warner Brothers hasn't really mentioned anything. In the trailer, they, they mentioned when they, they have a dialogue, they said that we fight together. So that has led to speculation that it, act, it actually is going to be characters that can be switched out, but it will be one character that you can switch out multiple times. I don't really know that yet because they haven't confirmed it yet, but they are part of the final character pack. So I know that for a lot of those games with Injustice, you're constantly switching out different characters. But uh, yeah, what are you, you guys' thoughts on uh, the Ninja Turtles coming to Injustice 2? It doesn't make any sense <clears throat> at all, but it's so brilliant. It's, it's just so great, because you know they already have like this huge built-in fan base. I know grown men who lose their minds over turtles. And you have the kids, and it's a huge property, and there's TV shows on like every other you know, night on Nickelodeon with these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then they ended one, so then people are, like, looking forward to seeing a, some form of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again, and now it came up in this game? <clears throat> I think it's brilliant. I have no idea how they even thought of, let's put the turtles in there, but it works. I'm looking forward to it. And can you just imagine, like, Batman teaming up with, with you know, Leonardo or something? That's just crazy. It makes no sense of whatsoever, but I think it's it's one of those things that is beautiful, and I give no craps about Enchantress at all. I'm all for the turtles. All right. Well, let me ask a quick question before I go to Gary. Now, the reason is the reason that you don't care about that character is because of how poorly they handled her 
in that yes. uh, Suicide Squad movie? Absolutely. They ruined the whole canon for her. I don't, <laughs> her story, her whole everything, even how great of it was in the comics, they mean nothing to me now. She's dead to me. So, boo. I'm all for the turtles, though. Yes, sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, how about you, Gary? What are your thoughts on uh, on the, the turtles coming to Injustice 2? Um, I'm a grown man that loses his mind because of the turtles. Um, so yeah, uh, like I'm I'm really excited for this, and I know there's actually a comic out there. There's a crossover comic of Batman and and turtles. So you know, just the fact that it's now happening in game form is great because now we have like a, a visual kind of you know representation of that crossover. Um, so that that's you know that's excellent right there and. I'm very curious to see how it's going to work with the turtles. Um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that on the character select screen, um, it's going to take up, you know, one slot, I guess, for all four of the turtles. Um, and cause on Mortal Kombat, sometimes with the DLC characters, you could pick multi, you could pick from multiple ones within one tile. Um, so I don't know whether it's going to be, you know, you can choose either Donatello, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael, from that one tile or if you just choose the turtles and then you get to switch between all four of them when you're fighting um you know whichever way they handle that is it's going to be great anyway you know so who cares at this point if i did have injustice 2 i would definitely get i would i would pay extra for that and i might just do that you know i might get it on pc or something so yeah i might just do that now like i'm seriously considering it so yeah make all jealous now you what? Don't make Overwatch jealous. You can't be playing another game. Oh, yes, I can. I'm playing two <laughs> games right now, so, you know. Yeah, I can fit it in. I can fit it in. I'm a... I'm, I'll make sure I send this podcast to Activision Blizzard. They will not be happy to hear that. Um, yeah. Um, it's, in, it's in my contract. I'm allowed to play other games, too. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this. I, I think it's a great fit for Injustice. So I, I just want to make this comment real quick, and this may be controversial. I, I think we've said this before, though, and Mr. Lugo and I also also did a podcast. Um, I personally think Injustice 2 is the best fighting game of the year, it, no hands down. Tekken is also a good good fighting game, but in terms of how they've handled everything with Injustice 2, I it, this it's going to be very hard to convince me that any game is better than better than that this year in terms of, of being a fighting game. Um, and I'm hoping that because of this announcement, more people will actually try out the game because I was very surprised. A lot of people said they don't have Injustice 2, but then when they saw this little news here, oh, now I got to play Injustice 2. So that's that's potentially why they uh, added these the Turtles to this because they know that that's a built-in fan base. Um, and and as you said, Gary and Blackstar also mentioned in the chat about the crossover with Batman and Ninja Turtles. I didn't even see this this crossover, um, but I did hear about it. So yeah, it's it's a smart move for WB. Um, obviously, it's more money for them because it's another character pack. But uh, it's 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 great in general just to see this stuff come into the game, and. You know, we'll see how it's received, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, the way you described Gary of how they could potentially do this whole thing with switching out the character, that's probably exactly how they're going to do it. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it, hands down. And 
Injustice 2, as I said, awesome game. Definitely need to play it. <laughs> oh, and can I just say that it has been since, what, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters since the 90s, which was an arcade game, which is the last time that we saw the Turtles appear in a fighting game. So this yeah. is way, way overdue. You're right. You're right about that. That is a long time. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It is long overdue. I'm glad that they're doing it, you know, taking the risk to do it. I don't really think it's a risk, though. I, a lot of people, like, I haven't heard nobody complain about this news. Everybody is excited. So looking forward to seeing it. Um, I was going to add, to for Gary, because he asked, uh, Injustice 2 is supposedly coming to PC this upcoming week. So if you are going to purchase it, uh, you have an opportunity to purchase it, although I would highly recommend that you wait for the Game of the Year edition, which will have all of the DLC, all everything, uh, whenever that comes out sometime next year. Because um, yeah, we already know that... You make a good point. I'm, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, we already know that's going to come. And I already I may consider that also, even though I already have the base game. I never bought the season pass, but I may consider waiting for that again and buy the uh, the full game again just for that because I already know it's 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 gonna it's gonna come. But we'll see. So, uh, any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic? Uh, I, nope. I do I do think the next DLC they announce should be Vanilla Ice, so we can do the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the thing, Gary. That song, I'm for it. Oh, oh, you want to see the song? No, I I, yeah, I want him to be in the game, and I want that song in there. (laughs) I want to be like, go ninja, go ninja, go. I'm for it. I've seen him perform it live, so it would be amazing. Well, I I I I I hate I hate to tell you this, uh, Gary, but that is the final. That is the final DLC for Injustice. So it, it, I don't think we're going to see that happening. Unless, of course, I guess, if people demand more characters, then they'll consider adding more to the game. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, that, they don't think that's going to happen. It could happen. Do the ice, ice, baby move. That's his finisher. <laughs> yeah, he'll put up a good fight against, um, against Sub-Zero. Exactly. Oh, he'll tell us. And listen. <laughs> We'll see what happens. That's that's interesting. Yeah, this is definitely interesting. All right, uh, so let's move on to the next topic. And, and I'm actually going to switch it up here. Uh, you know, we have had an interest in uh, a lot of entertainment stuff that has been happening recently. So I figured that, Dana, basically you can be the one to lead this topic. But essentially, we found out this week that uh, Disney tried to make an offer to buy Fox. And, 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 you know, trying to get the rights to both X-Men, Fantastic Four, and all of the stuff that Fox has. And apparently the talks have stalled now. Don't really know what the current status is of that. But Dana, feel free to tell us more about this story in particular. Okay. What happened was, <laughs> over the week, um, it was reported that Marvel, I mean, not Marvel, sorry, Disney, which owns on Marvel and every other entity in the world, um, they have begun talks with 20th Century Fox and that they're trying to buy them out for billions and billions of dollars. And what happened was people, there are mixed reporting. The thing is that they're saying is that talks have stalled. They have stalled, but no one is saying no. They want to buy them out and they're going to be able to own the TV and movie properties. 
This is both good and bad for fans. Obviously, we'll finally get Fantastic Four, and we can finally get a decent movie that we so desperately need. At the same time, what does this mean for for property like Deadpool? Is Deadpool now going to be a Disney prince? So there's the good and the bad that comes with it. And what ended up happening was the talk stalled. It didn't stop. They're reporting that it stopped. It never stopped. Um, what it did do was stall. They really can't reach a deal. But because of all of the talking and all of the news being spread around, um, 20th century stocks, their shares jumped very big. And so people are trying to figure out how this is, is going to work out. They're also trying to, what happened is the reason that they, they, they want to do the deal is that they want 20th Century Fox itself wants to focus on more news and sports. So as a result, they need to figure out what to do with their entertainment property. So right now, people are just waiting to figure out what happened. They're trying to go about with this deal, but they can't seem to make it with the money. They don't know how to divide the property. And it's going to be a lot of talking. And this is something that if it, you know, is going to end up being into 2018, probably in the middle of 2018, where we'll finally get an answer whether or not that they're going to buy them or they're not going to. So right now, everyone's excited. Some people are very angry, and I'm just in, in the middle. So that's what happened. All right, thank you for the explanation. Um, so I know Gary has a few things he wants to say. Uh, go ahead, Gary, and then I'll, I'll, go, I'll go after you. Yeah, I, I think this buyout would be best for everyone because um, with Fox... Whenever I hear anything about Fox, it's usually negative, like, you know, Fox News and, you know, everything like that. I'm sure if they had, like, a Fox Sports network or whatever, it wouldn't be great either. Um, and, you know, as for the movies, I mean, the first few X-Men films were okay. Um, obviously not the third one, but, um, you know, um, the, the first two and uh, First Class and, you know, a few of the ones after that were, were good. Um, of course, Logan was good. Um, and Deadpool was great, you know. Now, those movies definitely need to merge with what Marvel's doing with their movies. Like, uh, we we need that crossover. Like, we need that Avengers versus X-Men and, you know, all those classic storylines that can't be done unless they unify, you know, these properties. Like, we need to see that. Like, you know, we, we've already, you know, we, we've been given a lot of great, marvel movies already and it's about to peak with you know Th thanos coming and everything in uh in the next few movies but after that there's like nothing there's just going to be a huge void um obviously they're going to introduce new characters and stuff that we haven't seen on screen yet but um there's still going to be a void after you know thanos so we need that like we need the x-men we need fantastic four we need deadpool to be a part of the MCU, like it, it just needs to happen. And I think this is a great move. And furthermore, as well, there's been a lot of talk about Disney starting their own streaming service. Um, and apparently that's going to come into fruition in 2018. And I saw a few news articles this week saying that Disney is, is they're, they're going to be bold enough to actually remove all of those 
amazing Marvel TV shows off of Netflix and bring it to their streaming service just because they can do that. And that's going to have a major impact, you know, if that happens. Um, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on Netflix. Um, and people were having, people have even been saying that um, Netflix should consider merging with Disney. So, like, Disney is very powerful right now. And I understand that that's a scary thing because you don't want one company to have the monopoly, you know, because uh, if you look at WWE, that's that's always where things go bad, like when one company is like the dominant force. So, yeah, it is scary. But at the same time, I think this move will give a lot of fans what they really want. So I'm all for it personally. Oh, and, and it's beneficial for Fox, too, because, you know, a lot of the stuff that they've already done is going to be a part of the, the Disney, you know, streaming service and stuff. So, yeah. But can I also say that, one, we have enough uh, services, streaming services, and on top of that, we don't know how much it's going to cost. There are good things and there's bad things. Yes, we're going to get a whole bunch of different properties. But at the same time, what does that mean for, you know, shows that are already in the works and planning now? What happens to the shows that's going on Freeform? What happens to the shows that's going on Hulu? What's going to happen to season, what are we in, three of, um, what is it, Iron, well, not Iron Fist, um, whatever, the, the Marvel shows on Netflix. Everything seems to be completely in limbo. And they don't really have the streaming serve. They don't have all of the information. Only thing that we know is that we're getting all of the TV shows, all of the cartoons, all of the movies. And then they said on top of that, that we're going to probably get the um, direct this is how it's confusing. The theatrical release of, say, Star Wars is going to premiere at the same time on the streaming service. So that's where it gets a little murky. What does that mean for other companies and other studios? What does that mean for residuals? So it may be, like, great and perfect, but at the same time, this is a lot of questions that are going unanswered that we just don't know. And to bring back WWE, for example, when they had streaming service, the WWE Network, a lot of people lost out a lot of payouts. They lost a lot of money from that. So while we're all like, yay, $9.99, the people who are actually putting on the show, they are not getting any type of cut that is substantial for them, you know, to, to have an income. So a lot of things is a little murky right now. And what does that do to movie theaters? If the, you know, what is the next one? The Last Jedi, for example. If The Last Jedi is to come on the streaming service on the same day that it comes in theaters, I'm going to stay home and watch it on the streaming service. What does that do to theaters that's expecting that money? Yeah, you have AMC is perfectly fine. Lowe's is fine. What happens to the small, you know, mom and pop theater in the middle of, I don't know, Augusta, Georgia? What does that do to them? So I think for me, I'm not exactly for this whole deal. And I think that, you know, it's just a little bit ridiculous. And we don't know the price. They can easily charge like $20, $25, especially if we're getting, you know, direct releases. So I'm not exactly for this. And then what does that mean to the property that is able to, you know, do go darker? So Deadpool, like I was saying, what happens to Deadpool? Are they going to split it where it's like, here's more of our, our adult theme stuff? or And here's more of the kids? Or is everything family friendly? What would happen to the Punisher? So that's just what I wonder.
yeah that that is definitely a concern you know like um because we know disney likes to be family friendly so that is definitely a concern that they would kind of water down deadpool and you know daredevil punisher all those sort of things that are a bit dark and gritty i mean Um, disney itself is just now trying to you know incorporate all things they just ran a gay storyline on one of their tv shows wait but you know disney Oh. <laughs> You're like, oh. But I just mean, like, they're a little behind the times where they're trying to slowly ease audiences into, you know, issues that's going on now. Meanwhile, you know, you have Deadpool, who's just, you know, he's saying that he's, uh, what do you call it? No sexual, trisexual, bisexual thing? So how is that? Gonna, they're, they're doing that type of storyline in the movies. Well, how does that translate when you bring it over to the streaming service. It's a good, it's a good point, all all around. So let let me make a few comments. For first and foremost, if if Disney wants to buy a, any of the Netflix shows, please, they need to buy the Defenders and and Iron Fist because both of those shows very very disappointing. Uh, I don't care if they get rid of them, but they need part, but but I will say there's a show that's coming on this Friday that's pretty damn awesome. That's all I could say about it because we're still under embargo. Um, but I will say this, as far as Marvel is concerned, um, you know, uh, the Disney, the reports that Gary mentioned, I, I did see that, you know, Disney intends to make their service cheaper than Netflix so they can cause the issue with Netflix. Uh, so you, I, don't, I don't really know what, where, where that's going to go. But how is that possible? Because even no Netflix is using their prices. Well, yeah, Netflix okay, is going to be eleven ninety nine, right? They're going to. Um, I'll go ahead and finish what you were saying. Oh no, I think Netflix. Yeah, they're going to increase the price to eleven ninety nine. I thought, or either ten ninety nine or eleven ninety nine next year. Um, yeah, that that's that's what the strategy is, because what Disney wants to do, because Disney, you got to remember, they can afford to go low at first, right? So they're going to go low at first to put pressure on Netflix, because they know that once they announce Star Wars content people are going to switch from Netflix to Disney quick, you know? So like, you know, cheaper entry price and they're getting Star Wars, like they're going to jump right over to Disney. And then, you know, once um, Netflix is kind of messed up from, from, you know, a lot of people leaving, then they're probably going to put the price up, you know? And, but it, it might, let's, let's just hope that Netflix can continue to sustain themselves during that, you know, level of competition. Cause it could it could get dark for Netflix, you know, if they're not. It's, at the end of the day, what does Netflix have? They have what Stranger Things. They no longer have House of Cards. They have just Stranger Things. And are we going to still see that same type of subscription for people just wanting to watch Stranger Things? They they they, they wait. Hold on. I thought they they also have um your favorite show, Black Mirror. They still have that. So... Black. Okay. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. They they don't have House of Cards anymore. We know that. And 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 let me just give a, a make a little quick comment. This is what ha- this is why when people have too much power, it's it's not necessarily a good thing, you know. Wink wink. But um yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean I mean at, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I you know the big the big issue with me when I heard this news about them potentially buying out Fox, I said yeah that's great, but I instantly thought of of Deadpool because 
the fact that that movie was rated R and it worked so well, and then Logan, another movie, another movie that was rated R, it worked so well. I don't want to see this come over to Disney and now we have to make it less violent or less all this other stuff. I, I don't want to see that. Now, with that said, a, a certain show that's coming out this Friday is pretty damn violent. Uh, so I don't really know if they would consider making any severe changes to Deadpool, but definitely the cursing, the swearing, some of that stuff is going to be cut down. And then the violence, certain stuff getting chopped off, a lot of that's going to be cut down, I would think. But um, Yeah, absolutely. And look at Runaways. That is not exactly violent, but that has to do a lot with, you know, other elements of voodoo and, and stuff. How does that go about? Yeah, you're right. I, you know, I, I have no idea. Um, but the fact that you said that the talks are stalled instead of canceled, I thought I think is very interesting. So it's something could still happen. Um, I don't really know what's going to happen at the moment. I, what I will say is, you know, yeah, Marvel does have a little bit of time uh, because of the fact that, you know, next year is just the beginning of Infinity War. Uh, obviously, everybody will be talking about that. And then, of course, the aftermath, they don't have to worry about that until 2019, 2020. So they have a little bit of time uh, before they have to worry about it. But they definitely need to figure this, this out at some point in time if they are able to make an offer and if Fox is willing to take the offer. Now, one last thing I will say is I did see that they had a trailer for the New Mutants that, you know, I saw that when I went to the theater last weekend to see Thor. And, you know, I don't really, I don't, I mean, I haven't been watching, I haven't looked into any of the comics regarding those particular characters, but I thought to myself, I was like, I don't think this looks necessarily bad, but uh, I don't know what to think about it. Now, Dana, you, you said that you've seen some of it, correct? You want New Mutants? Yes. Yes. It's dark. It's really dark. It's <laughs> weird of how dark that they were able to go it feels more like a psychological thriller than more of a you know x-men mutant thing i think their powers to me it feels like everything is secondary which makes the story even stronger interesting so yeah i, I honestly like this direction of how they're going i did not understand what the heck it was that i was seeing but whatever it did it worked Absolutely. Oh, well, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, you know, hopefully the deal does eventually go through. Um, and, you know, they think about the fact, that, like I said, with Deadpool, I, I do not want to see that. I want that to remain the same. It's not guaranteed to be the same if Disney takes it over. That That is one thing that I don't really want to see that happen. But uh, obviously, those that want to see X-Men crossover with the Avengers, it will be a big deal for that reason. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next? If they can just get the rights to Fantastic Four, I'm good. We don't even need the whole deal. Just give me Fantastic Four. I'm good. You mean the uh, Floptastic Four, right? <laughs> it, it, it feels like anytime somebody does a movie of Fantastic Four, they do a horrible job. So I would hope that Marvel, yes, they would do a better job. Disney can get ownership of that. They would do a better job with that. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, any any final thoughts from you, Gary, before we move on to the next topic? Or are you all good? <laughs> um, no final thoughts, really. There's 
there's a lot of good and a lot of bad that can happen. So, yeah, we just got to see how it plays out. Yeah, I, I and, and I just hope that Disney, you know, listen, they got to be a little bit more understanding of the people that have already seen movies like, like Logan and Daredevil that were R-rated. You got to be under, understand, okay, we respect that. Maybe Maybe we will consider at least trying to keep that stuff the same. But if they dummy it down, I'll, I'll be very pissed. I'll be very pissed because it feels like in today's culture, a lot of stuff is dumbed down. And I don't like that. I want it to, if, it's, if it needs to be graphic, raw, and emotional, it needs to be, be that way. So we'll see what happens. Um, <clears throat> let's move on to the next topic, uh, which is, uh, this is actually another story that you uh, wanted us to discuss, Gary. Regarding some statements that Ubisoft CEO has made recently, uh, this week, you know, I don't really know, think I'm going to pronounce his last name correctly. I'm going to try. <clears throat> Yves Guy, was it Guilmot? I believe his name is. I don't really know how to pronounce his name. So if Ubisoft is watching this later, please forgive me. But yes, the CEO of Ubisoft made a couple of interesting statements this week when he says that internally they believe that we will see the next addition of new consoles within the, within at least two years from now. He's mentioning that they're going, we're going to possibly see a PlayStation 5 or whatever the next Xbox console is in about two years. Uh, now, he did mention that he, they, did, they don't have any internal information from Microsoft or Sony. This is all based on speculatory and just their initial thoughts that this is what's going to happen. So um, I wanted to get you guys' opinion on this because I know, like I said, the Xbox One X just came out this past week. Last year, PlayStation 4 Pro came out. Do you really think that we're going to see whatever the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox 2, whatever the hell Microsoft decides to call it, do you really think we're going to see that in two years? Or will it be a little bit later than two years? They can't even convince people about an Xbox One X. <laughs> they don't, their marketing changes doesn't seem to even exist. Why exactly do we need a new one within two years now? No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I, I don't think Microsoft, um, I definitely don't see a Microsoft releasing a new console in two years. I mean, if anything, yeah, you could say maybe Sony will uh, because, you know, I believe, you know, our very, you know, Tony Polanco has said a lot of great things in the past. He's made a lot of excellent predictions. And the fact that he had mentioned that in 2019, I believe is the 25th anniversary of PlayStation. So at that point in time, um, yeah, I think it makes perfect sense for them to release whatever the next console is. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't really know what's going to happen with that. I still think it's too soon. I definitely don't think that the Xbox, whatever this next console Microsoft is working on, if they decide to keep working on consoles, it's not coming before the PlayStation 5. I definitely doubt that. That'll probably be a year later, very much like this console. This Xbox One X came a year after the PlayStation 4 Pro. That's what I think you're going to initially see. But uh, Gary, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, we had that discussion with Tony earlier in the week about this. And yeah, that does kind of line up, you know, his theory about um, it releasing in time for the anniversary and stuff. I, I definitely feel like we're in for, you know, for a new console um, within the next two years. I believe we may even get an announcement as early as E3 2018, to be honest, like, you know, but I mean, that, that's a long shot. 
it might not be E3, it might be PSX, you know, because just because Sony can and they want to bring more value to their own show, of course. So it would actually make sense for them to announce it at PSX 2018. So um, I could see that happening. But yeah, um, I think we're, we're like, this is the wave where consoles and new hardware is just going to keep coming out, you know, every couple years. And I, I really think that's, you know, the way forward um, in the industry, unfortunately. Um, I, I still think it should should be with the consoles. It should be like, you know, one-time investment and perhaps they could, um, perhaps, you know, a couple of years in, they could come up, come out with GPU upgrades or RAM upgrades and stuff like that, you know, so it's like a small PC basically. Um, but yeah, having to buy a new $400 or $500 console every few years is a bit much. And um, I think consumers are going to get very frustrated with it. Well, hey, listen, uh, Dana, I'm going to let you say, uh, you know, say what you have to say. But let me just make a quick comment. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see at the end of this month when the NPDs are released, if the Xbox One X sells, sells very well, because that will prove that, no, people are com are comfortable buying consoles because i know that the s sold well when that first came out so if this sells well also this is that that tells me oh people they, they're comfortable with buying a console even a new console even after uh, the other console before it came out a year of prior to that but we'll have to see how that goes but dana what, what, what was you going to say i just don't understand why it's such a hard concept when you have a console you should probably release games I mean, you want people to buy your stuff, release some games and release games that aren't on the level of Super Lucky's Tale and Bugsby. So work on that first. That's just me. I'm, call me crazy, but that just seems to be the smart idea. I want games for my console. I have 20 consoles, but what, two games? No, that makes perfect sense. Hey, Phil, Phil did say, they, they, they're going to prioritize working on those those games. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little while. But, yeah, I agree 100%. They need to focus on games. Uh, with Sony, there are a lot of big titles coming right down. You know, we already know Spider-Man is coming next year. We already know that uh, God of War. And then, of course, they just released the Horizon DLC this past week, which Tony Polanco also reviewed on the website. Definitely check that out. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of great games that Sony has released so far. I feel like they don't really need to move to another generation with all the stuff that they have that's coming. But uh, at some point, they will. Uh, and I'll be very curious to see when that is. But, yeah, 2019-2020 is a pretty, pretty very good uh, guess, I would say, as to when that may potentially happen. But um, we'll see. As for Ubisoft saying that they don't really know any information about this, I mean, well... They're not going to say if they know any information anyway, because Microsoft or and Sony are the ones that want to make that announcement before anyone else. So even if a company knows and they have been working on stuff, something for the next uh, technology, they're not going to openly say that. I mean, I, I have rarely seen that happen, so I don't think uh, that really matters at all. But I'll be curious to see what happens with all this. Um, we'll see. So. Uh, any final thoughts before we move on to uh, the next topic? No, I'm good. Okay. So uh, let me see. We have about, 
Yeah, we got about three more topics to get into. All right, so let's uh, talk about this uh, Wii U topic that uh, it's an interview that Reggie Philomace Phil had recently with CNN that uh, I think uh, Max wanted us to mention this on the show because thought it was a big deal. Uh, Gary, do you want to dive into what actually was said in this interview? Uh, yeah, so basically, you know, he, um, I didn't actually watch this, but, you know, you from get the, gen the general gist of it is that Reggie Pisa May feels that um, the, you know, the Wii U's failure is actually what helped the Nintendo Switch to be better and be a success. So, you know, they, they, they learned a lot with the Wii U. They learned a lot about uh, what users want and, you know, things of that nature. And they took all of that on board and made the next system, you know, a, a lot better, basically, and made sure that it was a success. So, yeah, that brings about the question, you know, it, it does this, is this always the case with every system? Like, you know, if, if, if one console manufacturer has a, a system that fails or is considered a failure by fans, does the next one automatically, you know, um, become a success because, you know, they take what they've learned, you know, and apply it to the next one. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much the gist of it. So uh, a few things that I will say about this. Um, I, yeah, I do believe that you definitely learn from anytime something fails, whether it's a product or a console in this case. Uh, the Wii U, they were still trying to play off the gimmick of the original console. Uh, didn't really think too much about it. Uh, and for that reason, it wasn't a success. Now, with the Switch, of course, the whole gimmick with this is that, you know, you can take it anywhere on the go, which is very convenient. But the one thing that they have done a good job of with this particular console is that, you know, like I said in the beginning of the year when they announced this, you know, I was very skeptical that it would be successful because they launch it. Obviously, it, again, new hard, new hardware is always going to be something that people want to buy. It's that's no escaping that. But I was skeptical, skeptical because of the launch lineup. I saw, you know, we have Zelda. Okay, that's great, but where are the other games at? And then by by the time we got to E3, I was convinced. Okay, Nintendo, they're onto something here because they they had their little conference where they announced a whole bunch of games that are coming to the system. Obviously, if you, some games, they just mentioned it. They didn't show anything because it's very, very early in concept and development stages. But then, of course, then you see games like uh, the game they released with Ubisoft, uh, the Mario Rabbits, which was a fantastic game. And that, and that, and still to this very day, that had to be one game that surprised me the most during E3, because I recall when JJ and I went to Ubisoft conference, we did not know that uh, they were going. You know, they were going to present it that way. You know, you had Miyamoto there as well. That was that 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 was that, that was really memorable uh, for that whole show. But that game, you know, no one really knew what to expect with that game until they actually saw it. And then when I saw it, and I said, "Oh, like XCOM? Oh, I'm a hundred percent sold on this." So, you know, Nintendo, I would say they really won me over this year in terms of what they showed. And then, of course, you, of course you have the, the fact that they just released Mario Odyssey a few weeks ago. Dana said she enjoys the game. A lot of people that I have spoken to said they enjoy the game. And the best thing about the game is the end content as well, because there's even more stuff to do after you finish the game. So 
great stuff all around. Plus, you add on the fact that they also have Xenoblade Chronicles coming out in a couple of weeks. So I think um, you know, software definitely helped play a role in this as well. Yeah, Reggie is right. They learned from their mistakes with the last console. You know, I don't really, you know, I think there's no there's no doubt about that. The whole idea of making this something that you could take on the go is an excellent idea. Um, but they learned from that, but then they also had the software to back it up. Now, in the case of the Xbox One X, uh, we have to see what their plans are going to be a year from now. Because now that the system is out, all their focus is on games. But yeah, software definitely, definitely helped that, that system become a success even more so than just the fact that they learned from the mistakes that uh, they made with the Wii U. But that's just my thoughts. Um, Dana, you have any thoughts? Yes, sorry. Um, absolutely. I think that they have learned from their mistakes. They have created a very great console. Um, they also had very great games. As you guys already know, I love Mario, Super Mario Odyssey. I think it's great. Even the rabbits. It was like, it just doesn't make any sense. But it just worked. It was charming. It was great. It just, everything came together. And I think that they're finally understanding what it is that they did so wrong with the Wii. Do I think that other companies could learn from them? Absolutely. I wish other companies would. I'm all for, you know, them learning from their mistakes. And as a result, we end up being the winner because they have created something that's really great. But again, we have to wait and see what the other games that are coming out, what's going what's gonna to work out with them so far. Because we do have, you know, a bunch of titles that they announced, but we don't have them. And so far, we're only ranting and raving about, what, three games so far from, from the Switch? So wait and see. But I think that they've learned greatly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I agree with the statements that Reggie made. Uh, they definitely learn from the issues. Uh, not all companies do learn, but, I, you know, obviously, you, you definitely, you pay attention, you, you definitely will learn something important as to how to approach uh, when you're releasing something different. Um, Gary, did, sorry. Go ahead. For me, also what I love was how they handled the situation where they, they wasn't like, you know, braggadocio, bragged, bragging about it. How even though they made this comeback, they wasn't like, yeah, look at us, we're great, we're wonderful, and we're going to, you know, surpass everything. They seem to be really humble about the situation. And by seeing that we learned from our failures, that right there just shows how, you know, great of a company that they are becoming. And they, they are going to be, again, hopefully... Yeah, uh, one last thing I will add on this topic is uh, I, I, I also would say that, you know, obviously when the console first came out, it was hard to get one if you didn't pre-order. Uh, now it seems as though they are getting better about that also because I, I've been able to see Switches everywhere, you know, everywhere, no matter what store I go to. Um, so they've gotten a little bit better about that also. In the beginning, though, it was a scarcity issue. Uh, they did not, was not, they didn't really have, wasn't keeping up with the demand. Um, we're going to probably see some of that for the Xbox One X also because that has been sold out a lot of places that I went to also. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, as you said, the console hasn't really been out a full year yet. So there's still, we still have to see how everything else pans out uh, in regards to what other stuff that they release down the line. But so far, I think they've done a great job that they've exceeded my expectations. 
because I definitely wasn't expecting to get a Zelda and a Mario game the same year. And when they announced that Mario was coming out this, you know, October 27th, I was like, wow, that's, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, so I give him props for that. But um, Gary, did you have any other thoughts you wanted to say before we move on to the next topic? Yeah, um, I think what really hurt them with the Wii U was the fact that it wasn't so simple to just port a game to that platform because it seemed like you had to add additional features to the games, like, you know, with the controller and everything. So, yeah, with the with the Switch, you can, you know, literally just throw any game on there as long as it can run on on the system. You know, you can port over games and you can just use the controller, you know. Um, so it, it's fine. It's seamless kind of thing. So that's why they're seeing more success this time around. Um, but the the theory does hold some weight, you know, um, you know, in terms of a failure leading to a success, because um, uh, although the PS3 wasn't a failure, people see last generation as, you know, Microsoft dominating and um you know sony having to catch up and the thing is with sony is there there was there was this like back and forth mentality that they had so they would have a success and then um you know they would become very arrogant and think that they're the dominant force and that nothing will ever change and that caused them to make fatal errors in you know when it came to the ps3 and that's what caused microsoft to you know then come in and shine where sony wasn't and they kind of you know set the tone of last generation and then sony had to kind of pick themselves up and catch up again and now you know of course they're winning again so i i think i think the company philosophy and ego has a lot to do with it you know arrogance and stuff because the similar thing happened with the wii because you know, the Wii, the first Wii was very successful, and I'm sure Nintendo thought that that was going to carry over to the Wii U, but it didn't work out. You know, they, they they created this really unique control setup to where third parties would have to um, put extra development time into getting, you know, making a new feature for the for the for the controller and everything. And they they legit thought that. Um, publishers would actually put in the time and the money to do this, you know, when there's two other consoles that they can just port games to just like that, you know, and it didn't work. So that was a lesson they had to learn, you know, and that it, their arrogance cost them a lot with that console. So I think this, this does happen a lot and um, companies just, you know, they need to learn that, you know, although they might be successful for the moment or things might be going well, for the moment, it's not going to stay that way forever. And competition is always something that will better, you know, um, a product moving forward. So they have, they have to always be wary of that level of competition and what other companies are going to provide to their customers to make them unique, you know, and how that's going to have an effect on what they're selling. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it. I don't think it's as black and white as Reggie put it, like I think there's a lot of factors that go into that as well. But, but yeah, um, the the Switch is a success right now, and they're doing well. So I wish Nintendo all the best, and I hope it, I hope it continues. Absolutely, absolutely. Well said, all across the board. We'll see. We'll see. 
All right, so um, then we're going to jump into the next topic. We have two more topics to get into. Uh, I want to definitely talk about this topic next because uh, I think it's important to, to talk about it. I know a lot of people, they may have heard the show in the past. They may have heard us talk badly of Microsoft. Well, we are going to say something very positive today, and I hope that they remember this, you know, because a lot of times people just hear the negative, not the positive. But pretty much this week, of course, in addition to the Xbox One X coming out, Phil Spencer had an interview with Bloomberg, and he revealed in that interview that now Microsoft is looking to increase their development investments. And he mentioned that that means opening new studios as well as acquiring existing ones. Uh, Phil's actual quote is, we need to grow, and I look forward to doing that. Our ability to go create content has to be one of our strengths. We haven't always invested at the same level. We've gone through ups and downs in the investment. So I want to say this right now. This is excellent news. If you are not just the Xbox One, the Xbox fan in general, but just a fan, a fan of gaming in general, because it seems to me like for a long time now, Microsoft, every time they've delivered news, it's been bad news, whether it was having to do with where we have to cancel Scalebound, where we had to close the Fable, you know, stop Fable, close that off. Uh, I mean, it, it's been a lot of bad news. And then all the studios that they got rid of as a result as, as well. And in the meantime, if you're looking at the games that are coming out on PlayStation, there is no shortage of PlayStation exclusives now. Stuff that's either in development or even if it's a third-party exclusive, still exclusive to the console. Um, but, I mean, uh, the, the whole thing about it is that, you know, I think once you see this, you know exactly what the issue is and you appreciate because Phil has been building up a very good reputation with a lot of people there. A lot of people believe in what he's able to do. And then if you're a fan of Xbox, you already know Phil you really do like the fact that he is in charge. The fact that he has more power and more control in his current role means that the future is going to be very bright for Xbox. But again, the whole reason why people were angry initially with Microsoft, not just this year, but before that, is because they never opened, were open about any of this stuff. They kept talking about the games that, like, like I said, show us a game like Scalebound, and then it gets canceled. Scalebound was at E3. We, we saw it at E3. It was playable at E3. And then to find out months later, well, now it's canceled. That's a bummer. Um, so I think it was important for them to say this, just to give people assurances that, yes, we know it's important that games matter and that we are going to work on that. So I think this is excellent news for not just, like I said, not just the Xbox fans, but gamers in general. Um, and I wanted to get you guys' initial thoughts on that. Um, and Dana, how about you go first? <laughs> um, this is a great news for me. I, I think that um, we need better content. You, I'm always for more content and opening up, you know, more studios. There's more jobs for everyone. So we don't have another, you know, um, telltale situation. I am all for it. I think that, you know, they need to find something that's more creative and have different Games maybe you know do more independent instead of we're focusing on you know Battlefront or whatever big property every year we get the same twenty Call of Duty games so I think that it's going to be a great idea and a great thing and I'm looking forward to it but I just don't hope that they don't start you know 
taking over the little guys and you know independent studios are now you know in competition with the big with the big people so i hope that there's a fine balance between everything well yeah well i i do agree with that i know um i i do have another question i want to ask but before i do that gary what are your thoughts on uh all of this news happening with uh phil's statements um can you run it by me again because i i didn't hear the first part of what you said before. Oh, Matt, well, you know, Gary, you're going to make a lot of people angry now because mm-hmm. they're going to be like, hey, he already said that. Well, initially what I said is that Phil said, you know, he had an interview with Bloomberg this past week and he revealed that now Microsoft is going to invest in more developments, uh, in development investments. Basically, they're going to open up new studios and acquire new ones so that they can get more games out there, more ex- exclusive titles on their platform. Okay. Yeah, um, definitely a step in the right direction. This is exactly what they need. Um, and I'm, I hope that this is a result of um, Phil's new promotion, you know, kicking in. Because, um, yeah, uh, I mean, they just released the new console. So they definitely need the games. They, they need the exclusives. I mean, the, the third party might carry them for a little while, especially if they're able to, you know, have the, the, the highest powered version of it in 4k but um that's only going to last so long you know when you've got ps4 and the nintendo switch as another option um so yeah they they definitely need to focus on the exclusives right now because right now i can't really think of too many um you know upcoming uh xbox exclusives besides crackdown you know that people would be excited for so yeah they they definitely need to um, ramp up on um production on on new games and try and get some studios to work with and everything so yeah uh get rare doing something as well yeah so yeah this is good news oh no yeah it's it's excellent news now as far as um one of the question i wanted to ask is i wanted to ask if you guys had any initial thoughts on any particular developers or companies that they should go after because they said that they would acquire some companies if needed. Um, and I want to start off by making a suggestion right now. I don't know what's going on with Amy Henning and EA, but they definitely need to try and work with her one way or another because it seems to me like, uh, you know, the EA wasn't really clear about what happened with her after that, after they decided to get rid of this rule. They said they were going to let her make the decision as to what's next. So I think if Microsoft is able to convince her to come aboard and help out either on an existing franchise or create a new one, that'll be fantastic. Uh, and another suggestion that I would give is, you know, we still know that Sunset Overdrive doesn't have a publisher. I can't think of why Microsoft wouldn't want to try to go after them. Um, obviously, right now, Insomniac is prioritizing and finishing Spider-Man, but after that, maybe they will set their sights on um, bringing back Sunset Overdrive. And I think that if Microsoft doesn't make an offer, they may miss out on opportunity because I think Sony will make an offer after Spider-Man does well, because we all know Spider-Man is going to do very, very well for both Insomniac and PlayStation. But my two suggestions right off the bat, uh, Insomniac Games for Sunset Overdrive 2 and Amy Henning, you definitely should talk with them as soon as possible, if, if you haven't already. But uh, how about you? You have any thoughts, Gary, on who you think they should talk to? 
those are those are definitely good suggestions uh what you named um amy henning that would be amazing if they were able to do a deal with her um going back to what we were talking about earlier i mean telltale you know that would be something um to see microsoft take take over them um and i don't know there's there's a lot there's a lot of studios out there i definitely feel like they need to get sunset overdrive like that's number one they need to secure that because microsoft they they always make these mistakes you know they did it with the original mass effect you know they let these these games that could have been locked in as exclusives get away from them so um like i i'm i'm really going to judge phil's actions on what happens with sunset overdrive like if he doesn't get that then I really am going to question his logic moving forward. Um, I know that people say that that game didn't sell, you know, a whole lot of copies or whatever, but that's not the point. Like, the point is that you build on a series. Like, a series isn't always a runaway success from the first game. You know, look at Uncharted. It was really the second game that made the Uncharted series, you know, and Assassin's Creed. You know, a lot of games, like, it's always the sequel that really propels the series kind of thing, like, and makes it a big deal. So, yeah, definitely get Sunset Overdrive. Um, beyond that, I can't think, um, nothing, nothing comes to mind, but um, there, there's a lot they need to do. Like, they just need to, to get spending money on studios and, you know, projects at this point. Can, can someone please rescue IO Interactive? And do something with Hitman, please. Well, hey, you know what? I, I thought they said Hitman. See, hit, they're working on another Hitman game now, but I guess they're still independent. So, yeah. No, just, just no. They need to go after them so we can actually have the game. I agree. I agree. You know, I, I had no problem with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I will give a shout out to Master Jazz 9 in the chat. Yes, it is going to take time no matter what to make these games. I don't think anyone's making jokes about that. I mean, for me, all I needed to hear was them acknowledging, yes, this is a problem. We know it's a problem and we're going to work on it. That's it. And I will give them the time to work on it. But again, all the times when they didn't acknowledge this in the past, that was when it was a problem. Now that they have acknowledged it, I think everything will be fine with them now. Obviously, you know, they have a couple of games coming next year that some people are looking forward to. Crackdown, you know, I know some people are still looking forward to it. I know it looked a little rough uh, at E3, and I'm glad they took the extra time to actually work on making it a lot better than what it actually is. So I'm fine with that. State of Decay 2 coming out next year also. So, I mean, they have some things coming. Uh, beyond that, that's what's going to be interesting to see. But I think that the next, when they have their E3 conference next year, it's going to be very interesting because at that point in time, you know, you have to imagine that they are going to have a lot to talk about in terms of the games that are coming out for the fall of next year. So we'll see what happens. But um, any other thoughts before we move on to the next topic? I'm good. No, All right. just games and less consoles. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now we're going to move on to our final topic for today. And this is obviously, uh, you know, when I heard this news, I very much fear for the lives of, of the people. Well, I fear for the for the actual, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
actually fear for Respawn Entertainment uh, because I, EA has not had a good track record as of late. I mean, we already know this, but essentially what I'm, what I'm basically talking about is that EA purchased Respawn Entertainment for $455 million, uh, this past week. Um, now, as we saw the story unfold, because I believe that uh, Jason Schreier over at Kutaku, who has done an excellent job with any coverage that he has done, he has been one of the better reporters out there uh, in the gaming industry today. But pretty much he released all this information about the fact that Nexon, they tried to buy Respawn. EA saw that this was happening. And because EA had the first, they have the right to to match an offer in the very beginning because the game was published, you know, through EA, through EA, they decided to shut down Visceral and then use that money to buy out Respawn. That was initially the way that he phrased the story, and as far as how it went down, and, and it makes perfect sense when you think about it because that seems like exactly what happened, you know, and. It's unfortunate that, again, as we already addressed on this show, it's very unfortunate people get laid off. With Visceral, again, that's another one because a lot of people are looking forward to that Star Wars game. Now, of course, they said they're going to restructure it and refocus it on into something else. Um, we'll see what that is. But regarding this particular deal, uh, EA has already made it clear they're working on a new Titanfall with, with Respawn. There's going to be a new Star Wars game, and then there's also going to be a VR title that will come from all of this. And all of these titles are expected to come out within the next five years. So roughly around 2022, 23, this is when by, by, by that time, you'll see these games already out on the market. So I wanted to ask you both, what are your initial thoughts on this acquisition? Are you worried about Respawn? Or do you think that this could work out for both Respawn and EA at the end of the day? So, Dana, how about you start us off and let us know, because I understand that you're a very big Titanfall fan. Rock'em, sock'em, robots. I think, oh gosh, with these acquisitions, you never know how it may go. But I think that this can, can be, I'm gonna go and be positive. I'm going to say that this is not going to have that much of a negative impact on it. So, I don't know. I just don't know. Acquisitions are so hard. So, I'm going to say it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah, that's very positive. So, Mr. Swaby, are you also of a positive mindset that this can work out for both EA and Respawn, or do you disagree? I disagree, but um, before we get to that, like okay so you know ea they have the star wars license ip or whatever so you know they they want to make they want to milk it for what it's worth and make a lot of star wars games and you know of course they already have star wars battlefront so you know they have um their kind of uh, star wars game that that it follows the same sort of formula as battlefield you know and it's you know same sort of engine well same engine pretty much and everything so uh, my guess is that they're now going to make um star wars titan that that's going to be the game that they give to respawn to make you know that's the the base they're pretty much going to have a star wars game that's modeled on titanfall and what titanfall is but um yeah uh, as for this acquisition like i i don't like 
EA is the studio killer to me. Like, you know, I'm always gonna take that stance when it when it comes to them buying um, companies. You know, I've, I've said it before on previous episodes. Um, I don't like what they've done with Bioware. I don't like what they've done with Criterion. And, you know, there's been a few other studios as well. And, you know, shutting down Visceral was, you know, terrible. Like, especially when we know they were working on a more adventure-based Star Wars game. And that's kind of what, what a lot of people have been wanting. And by the sounds of it, they're refocusing that game into something that's going to be more, you know, online-driven and stuff. And I could definitely see them giving something like that to Respawn to work on. Um will it be good for respawn i don't think so because I, I feel like ea has already slighted respawn in in the past because with titanfall 2 they stuck that release right between battlefield you know battlefield 1 and call of duty like it was right in the middle and that was the worst place for titanfall 2 to come out i still have not played that game because you know it came out at such a bad time like yeah I believe if it came out at a better time, I might have given it a chance and played it. And I heard great things about the game too, but it didn't get to shine on its own because it was stuck between two major um, first-person shooter games, you know, military-based competitive games. So that was like the most terrible release you could have given it. And from what we saw on Twitter, it seemed uh, Respawn, um, They obviously they couldn't say much about it, but um, I remember there was, um, well, I vaguely remember there was certain things um, last year where, where, you know, with Twitter accounts, people claiming that they don't run this Twitter account or whatever. Like, it seemed like Respawn wasn't happy with, you know, how the game was handled pretty much. Um, so, yeah, uh, they, EA did that and now they've flat out bought them. Um, so I am worried about the people at Respawn and what this is going to mean for them moving forward. Um, I don't think EA is great for studios, um, you know, especially studios who come up with great original and creative concepts of their own and, you know, um, basically like build their studio around creating things of that nature because what EA does is they just add business and money to everything. That's That's all they do. Like they add business strategy and money that's it like that's all they do in every situation that's all they think about so yeah um i mean all i can do is hope that the star wars game is going to be good at this point well i well i i just have a quick question now did you hear the the theory floating around which is related to what you just said about the fact that they released the titanfall 2 in between those other games there there's a theory floating around that they did that intentionally to drop the value of the studio so that when it came time to buy them out, it was like, okay, yeah, we, we definitely can acquire them now. Um, I don't know how, I don't know if that's actually a true theory or not, but that, um, it, it definitely, listen, I, I will say this, what happened with Visceral and with Respawn is definitely connected. It is no doubt about that because this, all of this happened around the same time. The respawn ministry, the visceral layoffs happened about two weeks ago. And now you find out that now EA has decided to purchase respawn. So all of this is definitely connected. Uh, it's a matter of figuring out how it's connected. But I, um, I really wouldn't put it past them. Like, I believe that's something EA would actually do, like, you know, in terms of devaluing respawn and then buying them. 
like that. I, I think because when you're dealing with you, you got to think EA is a corporation. Corporations think like that. They think in long term. So like it's not beyond them to really think that far ahead about something like that. So I, I could believe that they would do that. That's true. Yeah. And uh, as for Titanfall 3, whether or not I have I have uh, faith in it, I mean, I enjoyed the first Titanfall. Obviously, it didn't have a single-player campaign. That was the one thing I didn't like about the game. But the game was, was good for what it was. With Titanfall 2, I haven't had the opportunity to play it either, um, although I, everyone has told me that it is a lot better than the first game. So, well, that's good. But now with Titanfall 3, you know, I really don't know what to think about that, you know, because EA, they, they make so many changes in these games after they acquire a studio. So many changes. And we already know that there will be some form of microtransactions in there because, listen, this is this is EA we're talking about here. Um, but um, I just, we have to see exactly where it is they're going to take this. But I don't really have a positive outlook on this. Very much like I don't have a positive outlook on the next Dragon Age game either. Because we already know people left that left that development team as well. So um, I guess one thing I will say is this: I guess we can wait and see how Anthem turns out, and then we will know whether or not EA is is onto something. Because again, Anthem is being created by the same team that made the original Mass Effect series. Now, if they mess up Anthem, then I think you could be like, okay, well, Titanfall is definitely in trouble. But I still think it's in trouble anyway because of all the bad stuff that's happened with EA so far this year. So um, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, I guess uh, I'm just going to wait on Anthem until I decide whether or not this uh, Titanfall acquisition is, is is a good thing. It's just a question mark at this point. But uh, we'll see. When do you think we're going to start seeing more about Anthem? This is a good question. Um, well, here's the thing. You know, I know they had the animator, the lead animator that left that story released about, about a week and a half ago. Um, to my knowledge, the game, they said it's coming out in fall 2018, you know, but it's still, I don't really know if that's going to happen because I don't know how far along in development they are with the game. I would think that with the lead animator leaving, that may delay the process a little bit, a little, a little bit. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure. Maybe he could have finished all the work that he had to finish already. And therefore, it's it's still going to make its uh, target date. But um, I definitely think, I will say this, we will see it at E3, obviously. Um, and I think at that point in time, you'll know whether or not this game is going to actually make its 2018 release or if it's going to get pushed to 2019. Because it'll be at their, the EA conference. And um, we're also going to get another concept. Uh, concept art or concept uh, uh, stuff of what we could potentially see with this Amy Henning game. Well, not Amy Henning anymore. The other Star Wars game at that same conference. Um, but that would be my guess. E3 definitely is the soonest we'll hear about it. I'll be surprised if we hear about anything uh, about it before then because I know we have PSX coming up in a couple of weeks as well as um, the video game awards. I don't think it's any, I don't think it's possible we will see anything at either one of those shows, but I could be wrong. You know, Anthem, if, if anything, it would be at Video Game Awards show um, because Microsoft, I guess they have the rights to the marketing deal with that because it was at the Microsoft conference. But I don't I don't know. But I definitely say E3 for sure. I expect a full demo 
on stage demo with somebody playing that we'll be able to watch and then they'll tell us oh and then we have this and then we have this oh and wait we got a loot box system here too yeah they're gonna have all that that you'll see at e3 <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we're gonna see anthem come out in 2018 because <laughs> if it is like because they're kind of selling this as a really big ambitious game and if that's the case, I want to see more of it before E3, even. Like, I want to know more about it and more about what's going to be offered in the game. Um, so I think if they can make VGAs have, like, a, a trailer or something there, I think that would be great. And then, you know, if that will hold us over till E3, maybe. But, um, yeah, if not, I, I don't know, like... Uh, I don't think they should leave it until E3. And if they do, I don't think it's coming out in 2018. That's a good point. See, since you mentioned this, and I don't, I, I don't want to really talk too much about the predictions for PSX because I know that's coming up. But I, to be honest, I, I think if there's one game that I definitely think we're going to see at PSX, I believe it's going to be Death Stranding. And the reason why I say that is because of the relationship that Kojima has with Jeff Keighley that they're very good friends. You know, he gave this guy an award at one of his other game award shows. So I think that game, while it would make sense to have for it to be at PSX, I, I, could, I could also see him saying, well, we'll just have it at, P at, at the game award show. Maybe they'll have an extended look at the game at PSX also. So if that happens, obviously I think more attention will be on that, more so than anything else that is at that show. Um, but Listen, it's very possible we'll see Anthem at a, you know, at at a you know video game award show. It's it's possible, right? I just don't know. I just don't know. What you said about it not coming out in 2018 makes a lot of sense because I again they had this guy leave the team. I don't really know how how far they are in development if he's even done with any of the animation work that he had to do while he was there. Uh, so it's. And they haven't really said anything else. They just keep saying 2018. So it, it can very well likely be delayed. But then again, if it is delayed, I'm curious to know what is the game that they're going to be releasing next year during the holiday season? Uh, will it be like another, uh, well, it won't be Battlefield, I don't think. I mean, I don't know. But we have to wait and see on that. But, this uh, is why you should release dates. <laughs> It'll be Battlefield 2. Battlefield Two, there you go. Battlefield Two, uh, Star Wars, another the other star, another Star Wars game, perhaps. Uh, we know that Battlefront uh, Two is is going to be out next week, so Battlefront Three or whatever they're working on, that won't be out for like another two years, two or three years at the most. Um, I don't know, I don't know, but the whole thing about Anthem, uh, I don't know, man. I think twenty nineteen is a safer bet. As you said, they said it's a massive game. Uh, I have to believe that with that animator leaving, that's definitely going to impact development. I don't care what anybody says. It, now, again, they, they could have a lot done already, but there's a reason why the game is not coming out within the next few months. They said 2018. So that tells me there's still a lot of work that they need to do on this game. So it may not come out then, but we'll see. But hopefully, hopefully... Respawn Entertainment, um, I wish them well. I'm pretty sure that knowing that they got acquired by EA, 
some of them maybe have mixed feelings about that because they saw what happened with Visceral and then they saw all these other games that EA has negatively impacted. And then Mass Effect Andromeda, another game, which uh, it has to be one of the most disappointing games of this year. Um, I, that's why there's, they, they got to be a little concerned. There's no way they're just happy, oh, yeah, we got acquired by EA. They got to be a little concerned about this also. Um, so we'll see what happens. It, uh, it sticks a lot, um, EA, uh, Respawn, I mean. I don't think so. Um, that's a good question. I thought he was working. Well, I don't know what he's working on now. We have to check that out. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, any final thoughts on this topic before we uh, get ready to wrap up today's show? Maybe they'll learn from their ways like Nintendo. Oh, what? EA? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, there's a 1% chance of a maybe in there. I don't know. Like, it's not um, really negative. Yeah, I mean, granted, like, the, the thing is, every game EA makes is not a bad game. Um, they've had some games that were pretty good. So it's possible that they may learn something. But uh, again, I think it all it all stems from if they if they take too much control on a project, right? Like in the case of oh, Mass they, Effect, we'll go, we'll go ahead. No, they will. They they will take full control. Oh. I don't know. I don't see this being a, a type of company that'll take a backseat. <laughs> That's you know, the unfortunate thing. It's like Vince McMahon all over again. Well, yeah, because I mean, in the case of Mass Effect, you know, Bioware they they, they were they were doing good with the series, and then when the EA purchased it, it's like, yeah, that caused some issues. Uh, quality is not really as good, and then of course, at Mass Effect Andromeda, as I said, that man, it's it's just so disappointing, so heartbreaking to see what 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 happened to that game. Um, or maybe so. I give it to the fans and change the ending to everything. <laughs> Oh yeah, and they can also have those fans animate the characters better than they were animated in Andromeda too. So that that works. That's that's a good idea. Job for all. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You you have any final thoughts, Gary? Uh, before we get ready to wrap up. Uh, man, I was about to say something. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, ooh, I was, what was I about to say actually? It's something I was going to say something regarding, um, you know, Bungie, you know, Bungie and Activision. I like how they kind of work together because it seems like Bungie has some level of freedom in what they do, you know, in terms of the creative process. Um, with EA, it doesn't seem like they, they really can have that arrangement with any of the studios that they work with because it seems like EA is always, um, you know, kind of um, trying to, you know, they're trying to manipulate things in their favor all the time. Like they're, you know, they poke their nose in where it's not needed and stuff. And they always try and take control of the creative process. So that's what um, I dislike about EA's practices. Um, and I like the working relationship that Bungie has with Activision. Um, even though, you know, there's, they, they are kind of milking destiny. Like I will say that, but at the same time, at least, there's a lot of you know creativity and originality in what they do. Very good points, and I would like to give a shout out to uh, Victor in the chat as well because he said some great things also. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's all about money and no company ever flourishes under EA or Activision. Um, well, as you already said, Gary, Activision, you had some exceptions to that rule, but EA, yeah, it's, it's always an issue with EA. So um, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I wish Respawn the best. I, I don't want Respawn to fail at all. You know, Titanfall 1 was good. Titanfall 2, I still have yet to play. I have to hope the next game will be good. But as long as EA is involved, you're going to be somewhat skeptical with anything that they're involved with. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh, I believe that pretty much wraps up our show for today. As I had mentioned before, there was a lot of topics we needed to cover. So, uh, yeah, that's why it lasts a little bit longer than normal. But a lot of things happen, so great week for news. Uh, we thank you all for checking out the show. Um, and uh, final shout-outs, uh, Damon, would you like to give any final shout-outs? Um, shout-out to all of the listeners. Yeah, thank you for the, the support. Absolutely. Um, I want to give a shout out to all the listeners as well, the Patreon supporters and everybody that was watching today, you know, including, uh, Victor Blackstar, uh, I believe I saw Wesley in there as well, Miguel, Master Jazz, all of you, we, we give you guys a shout out for definitely checking out the show. I want to also extend a shout out to Hip Hop Gamer because, uh, and as well as Mr. Lugo, because Mr. Lugo had Hip Hop Gamer on the most recent TK Spotlight. I highly recommend, um, if you want to hear some good words of inspiration, listen to what Gerard says in his interview, because a lot of stuff he said is, is, is very powerful, uh, and it will definitely help steer your mind in the right direction if you feel as though you are stuck in a certain places. Um, but yeah, great guest to have. We wanted to thank him again for being on there. I also want to give a shout out to Mr. Anthony Frazier, because he was also on a show that Hip Hop Gamer did this week. Um, and I'm pretty sure we'll have a link to that video as well in this post, but yeah, great, great advice all across the board. If you're trying to really, if you have a dream and aspirations of stuff that you want to do, listen to what these guys had to say, and that will definitely steer you in the right direction in terms of motivating you. But yeah, that's, uh, all it, that's, that's it for me with the shout outs. Uh, so Gary, the floor is now yours. Yeah, so of course, big shouts to all of our Patreon supporters, M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Firon, Mariso Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelowin Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, Miguel, and Mark. We appreciate all of your support. Your support goes a long way. And shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat today and who joined in all of the discussions we had. Um, shouts to all of you guys. And definitely a big shout to Hip Hop Gamer for appearing on TK Spotlight and for also, you know, um, having one of the co-founders, Anthony Frazier, on his new show, Get Money Gamer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Get Money Gamers. Uh, yeah, that was my Reaper voice coming out there from Overwatch. But yeah, um, big shouts to those guys. And uh, just to let you guys know as well, there are two uh, new podcast feeds that you can subscribe to. There's one for TK Spotlight specifically. That's the show that um, JJ does where he interviews people in the industry. And then there's also a feed for WrestleCast. So all you wrestling fans can subscribe to that show and, you know, get all the latest wrestling discussion from Richard and Dana 
and um, you know everybody else, Adam Vale, and um, I, I believe Ricky is the other guy. Um, big shouts to you know, the WrestleCast team. So yeah, um, make sure you subscribe to those feeds as well. You know, if you are interested in in that. Um, but yeah, shouts to all of you guys and everyone at the coalition. Absolutely. And thank you all for the continued support. And we will talk to you all next week.